If you have your uh, Bibles, let's turn to Psalm chapter 1, and we're going to continue in our series on the best of Psalms. We're picking the best scriptures, and it's all, they're all good. We're picking the best scriptures, and we're going to talk on the, uh, the book of, of Psalms today, and we're looking at Psalms 1 today. And I happen to have this verse of scripture. I think I showed it to someone during, uh, as before church. This is my scripture that I've been meditating on the past couple of weeks, and here it is. He will be like a tree planted. Everyone say planted. See, a tree doesn't do any good unless it's planted. If you let a tree and it, it's not planted, then it's really not any good for anything other than firewood. Now, I like firewood. In fact, I put a fire on for my wife last night. It was wonderful. I was studying and reading, and we had the fire going. It was beautiful. I love firewood. But, but, but how many know that, that God has called us not to be just dead, dry firewood? He's called us to be trees that are what? Trees that are what? Planting. So we got a tree behind us today. And um, last week, this tree looked a little bit better than it does right now. It looks like it's, uh, we got to get it outside because it's starting to turn yellow. But this, this is supposed to be a healthy, healthy tree. Planted by a river. So we got to get it outside and get it in the ground so it doesn't die on us. So, but, but, but this is a beautiful tree. Uh, I've got a couple trees in my backyard that I want to show you. And I took these pictures yesterday, and, and, and uh, this is a ligustrum tree. And I planted that tree about 22 years ago. It was this high when I planted it. I've got a picture of Allison sitting in a bathing suit in a beach chair underneath that tree, and uh, it's about... It started off this high. I've got three of them. There's, there's one. I gave you every single angle. There's the second one. And, they're about, and there's the third one. They're about 25, 30 foot. And, and while I'm giving you a tour of my backyard, I decided to show you not only trees, but this is my putting green that I, that I put in my backyard. <laughs> I did that all by myself. 2,000 pounds of sod and dirt out, 3,000 pounds of sand in, pounded it with a, with a big old machine, and I did all of that work myself. And I've got a beautiful name for my little putting green, and uh, that's the next slide, guys. Amen Corner. <laughs> now, something really important happened yesterday. For the very first time, I got a hole-in-one. I got a hole-in-one. Not on a golf course, but I, on my putting range, I got a hole-in-one. Chipping, putting, I'm not sure, but that's my Tiger Woods impersonation of my, my hole-in-one. Under these trees, 
the Lagustrums. I have laughed. I have prayed. I have cried. I have worshipped. I've prayed for you. I've counseled my kids. Under this tree, Tammy kissed me a few times. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this tree, for me, is a symbol of what I want to be like. It's been through some storms, it's been through some droughts, it's been through some tough times. But in the past 22 years, that tree is planted. And it provides for me a tremendous amount of peace and comfort and shade. I want to tell you how I planted these trees. Because there was a guy in our church, Destiny Church, that we started years ago just with a bunch of college kids, and it turned out to be a, a very fruitful, successful church in our community. A guy by the name of Ralph came to Destiny Church, and Ralph was a racist. He was pure blood Indian. He hated white people. Ralph didn't believe in God, didn't want anything to do with God, and Bruce and Lisa, you were there. Ralph had long black hair, and he was probably, at the time, he was probably 60 years old, and he came to Destiny Church. Ralph came angry, bitter, mad, didn't believe in God, and he showed up one Sunday morning to a, a Destiny Church service. What a lot of people don't know was when Ralph came to that Sunday service, he had a gun in his pocket. And his goal was to shoot somebody. I'm glad I found out after the fact about that. Ralph got miraculously saved, gloriously saved, immediately saved. And he went from a gun-toting, racist Indian man to a full-on, faithful, devoted believer of Jesus Christ. And he would show up at our church offices just about every single day, Ralph. He was retired, and he just served. And he picked me up one day, and he said, come on, I want to go to a nursery. We're going we're gonna to pick up some trees. And Ralph... The Indian, racist, forgiven, disciple of Christ, helped me plant those threes over 20 years ago. And every once in a while when I sit under those trees, I think of Ralph. And he's in heaven now, looking down. I'm grateful for trees that are planted. 
Last week we talked just for a couple minutes about what it, what it means to, to be like a tree plant. I've been in church all my life. I've never once, once heard a sermon about what it means to be planted. And when I sit under those trees, I'm reminded of the power of a planted tree. And what I want for you today is I want you to live your life, and I want you to be like a tree that's planted. And we don't have time today, but I, I, I could show you what happens when you take a, a tree and you unplant it, you uproot it. That happens a lot. But I want you to be strong today. I want you to, 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 to be like that tree that's planted by streams of living water. Because the Bible says whatever you do, you prosper. There's blessing. So last week, we talked about what it means to, to be a, a tree that is planted. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. You've got sermon notes, and hopefully you've got your Bible. We're going to look into a couple of things today. But uh, let me just kind of review just for a moment. Number one, when you are a planted tree, you flourish. Everyone say flourish. That word there means to grow. It means to bud. It means to expand. It means to be fruitful. You flourish. When you're planted, you flourish. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, and he will be planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our Lord. Number one, when you're a planted tree, you flourish. Number two, when you are a planted tree, you establish roots. Isaiah 37 verse 31, your roots go deep and your fruit goes up. So you are your roots are established and they grow deep. And I love Sandra's illustration that when your roots go down, your fruit goes up. The deeper the roots, the more the fruit. So when you live a planted life, you flourish. Number one, you establish roots. Number two, and I love this one, when you are a planted tree, a planted Christian, you live life full of faith. Jeremiah 17, verse 8. And they will be like a tree planted by waters that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Let me have your eyes and ears just for a few moments, church. When you are a tree that is planted, you can live life full of faith. How many of you know someone in your life that is full of fear? They're afraid of walking on a certain side of the road. They're afraid of elevators. They're afraid of public speaking. They're afraid. And there's a lot to be fearful for in this life. I mean, I got a little shook up when I heard that, 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 that Russia went to the Olympics and they signed an agreement with China. How I many know that's something to be concerned about? But I'm not going to let that rattle me. Why? Because I'm a tree, you're a tree, and when a tree is planted by streams of living water, they do not fear. You don't have to live in fear today. You don't have to live in fear that something's going to happen to your kids. You don't have to live in fear that something's going to happen to your job. You don't have to live in fear that something's going to happen to your marriage. You don't have to fear that you're going to die alone. Why? Because you're a tree that's planted, and trees that are planted, they don't fear the future. I want to be a tree that's planted by streams of water. Do you? Number four, let's get into some new truth here today. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. Number, 
Number four, when you live a life that you're planted, you live life to glorify God. How many know we live in a society that loves to glorify themselves? All about me. It's all about my image. It's all about my Facebook posts. It's all about my Instagram posts. It's all about my TikTok. Me, 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 me. When you live a life that's planted by streams of living water, you live your life to glorify God and God alone. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is not about what I do and, and, and all, the, all the likes that I get on social media. When you're a tree that's planted by streams of water, you live your life to glorify God and God alone. Can I hear an amen? amen. Isaiah chapter 61, watch this, verse 3, and it says, And to provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Watch this. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Say that word display with me. Watch this, church. When you are a tree that's planted, you are on display. That means people are watching. That means people are looking at you. That means people are listening to what you say. They're reading your post on social media. They're watching how you react and how you respond. You and I are on display. And when they are looking at us, we want to make sure that we are representing Christ in the best way possible. Can I get an amen? So that when people see us, they realize that we are living our lives not for the attention to be on us, but for the attention to be on God. And planted Christians live to glorify God. Everything we do points to God getting glory. And Christians who live a life honoring him, people will see them, observe them, watch them, and ultimately, God gets the glory because we live to glorify God. Boy, I, I think that ought to change the way we act. I think every time we get on social media, I think that ought to be the filter that before we start typing, we say this phrase, God, does this glorify you? See, now for me, I'm not that big on social media anymore, so it's not the big problem. For me, when I get in my car to drive, <laughs> God, help me, please, I need your grace, I need your help, because you know, you know this, at least every week, someone honks their horn and puts their hand out the window and tells me I'm number one. Every <laughs> single week it happens to me. So when I get in my car, I need to make sure, God, hey, make sure today, help me to drive to glorify you. 
You know what moms ought to be saying every morning? God, as I raise my kids today, help me not to respond and react and get in the flesh, but help me as I raise my kids today to glorify you. You know what you ought to say every time you go to work? Although I don't think many people are going to work anymore these days. I mean, they are in their pajamas and they're, they're, they're working at home. But when you go to work, first thing you ought to say is, God, help me to live my life today to glorify you. People are looking. People are watching. You know what they said of the, of the disciples of Jesus in Acts? It says that men and women were watching the disciples and they took note that they had been with Jesus. See, your kids know when you've been with Jesus. Your boss knows when you're living a life of holiness and purity. Your neighbors know when, when there's something different about you. Why? Because they take note. Your customers take note. Your relatives take note. Everyone's watching. Let's make sure as believers that we are living our lives to glorify God. Oaks of righteousness for the display of his splendor. Let me give you real quickly, because we we're running out of time, but let me give you real quickly, if you're taking notes, eight ways that you can glorify God. Are you with, with me? Let me hear an amen. amen. Number one, the first way you glorify God, watch this, is you live a life of worship. You live a life of worship, and this is not going to be on the notes. This, all just, this happened yesterday, so this is all brand new, hot off the press. How, how do I glorify God? I live a life of worship. Psalm 63, verse 3. With my lips, I will glorify you. God is glorified when you live a life of worship. Number two, when you live a life of obedience. Say that word, obedience. Boy, that's a tough word, obedience. Philippians 1, verse 11 says, Be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. God is glorified when you obey. Number three, you live a life of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. John 15, 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and you prove to be my disciples. Number four, quickly, you live a life of holiness. Everyone say holiness. You don't hear that word often said anymore, do you? Holiness. When you live a life of holiness, you glorify God. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Flee sexual immorality and glorify God with your body. You're glorified. God is glorified when you live a life of holiness. Number two. I'm sorry, number five. You are glorified. God is glorified when you live a life of goodness. Goodness. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine among men that they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify our Heavenly Father. Number six, you can glorify God by living a life of generosity. They will glorify God for their obedience to the gospel and your generosity. 2 Corinthians verse 9, 13. Number seven. How do I glorify God when you live a life of honor? 1 Peter 2.12. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, 
They will observe your good works and they will glorify God. And then number eight, when you life, live a life, you glorify God when you live a life of faithfulness when persecuted. How many here today, you ever been persecuted? How many ever been lied about? Three of you. Why am I preaching to you guys? You guys are so good. You've never been persecuted? You've never been lied about? Never been stabbed in the back? Watch this. When you live a life of faithfulness when persecuted, you glorify God. 1 Peter 4.16. If anyone suffers as a Christian, he should not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. Eight ways to live your life to glorify God. Can I get an amen? Number five. What's another way, Pastor Scott, that I can live a planted life? What's one of the characteristics of what it means to live planted? Here it is. When you live a planted life, I love this one, you get smaller and God gets bigger. I like that. When you are living a planted life, watch this, you get smaller and God gets bigger. The scripture there is John 3.30. He must become greater and I must become less. You see, when you live a planted life, God gets bigger. Now, let me have your eyes and ears just for a few moments as we, as we start to wrap this up. Watch this. When you live a planted life, your faith gets stronger and God gets bigger. There was a song that we used to sing, Bruce and Lisa, you remember this, and Tammy, you remember this. It was uh, back in the Destiny Days, Hill Song. It was a Hill Song, and the first phrase of the song was this. God, I have made you too small in my eyes. Lord, forgive me. Mm. I resonate with that. Because watch this. When I'm faced with troubles, when I'm faced with hardships, when I'm faced with difficulty, like you, Sometimes those things get so big and God becomes small. Are y'all with me? Your trouble keeps you up at night. Your trouble consumes your mind. And before you know it, if you dwell on how big your trouble is, your trouble grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Watch this. Planted people are full of faith and as they become planted, God becomes bigger. And I want you to make God big. You know what God says? God says, there is nothing that is too difficult for me. God says, with me, watch this, all things are possible. And I'm afraid there's some of us here today that we've been to the doctor. And the doctor's report has become bigger than God. And I declare today that planted people are full of faith and their God is big. Is there any of you here today that you'd like to just stand up and tell me what God can't do? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you 10 seconds here. No, there's nothing. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than divorce. He's bigger than an economic collapse. 
He's bigger than Russia agreeing with China in a new agreement. He's bigger than all that. God, I have made you too small in my eyes. God, forgive me. Planted people see God as big. And that's what I want you to do. I know some of you came in with trouble today. I know some of you came in with hardship and difficulty and, and circumstances that are just overwhelming you. And I get it. But guess what? God is bigger than every situation. I heard this story about this little boy and dad. Little boy said to dad, God, tell me how big God is. And you know his dad's, sometimes you got to kind of go on the fly here. And so the dad's walking through the park with the kid, and he comes up with this idea, and he says, see that, see that big plane up there? That is how big God is. And the brilliant seven-year-old said, dad looks kind of small to me. <laughs> Doesn't look very big. So the dad thought on his feet. He said, all right, tomorrow I'm going to show you how big God is. He had some connections at the airport. He took the boy down on the tarmac in front of a big old plane. And he said to the boy, remember that plane we saw yesterday? Here's that plane right before you. And the boy was overwhelmed with the magnitude of how big God was. And then the dad, with all the wisdom in the world, said to the boy, the closer you get to God, the bigger he is. Hmm. Somebody here today is filled with bitterness. There's somebody here today filled with anger. Somebody here today filled with resentment. And I want to tell you today that the closer you get to God, the bigger he becomes. If you're overwhelmed by what the doctor said about your health, get close to God. Because the closer you get, the bigger he becomes. And I love the scripture in James. Draw near to God, and God becomes big. He's not a distant plane up there that looks like a little land. No, when you get close to him, he is big, and there is nothing too difficult for God today. Planted people, as they get planted, they get smaller, and God gets bigger. Number six, if you're still with me. Bruce, if you come up with the keyboard and start playing a good planted song. I love this one. Number, number six, real quick. When you live a, a planted life, number six, you grow in grace. Everyone say the word grace. See, 2 Peter chapter 3, it's there on the screen. Look at this, verse 18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be both now and forevermore. Amen. Notice that word grow in grace. See, I have found that people that are planted, they become full of mercy. And they grow in grace. See, I grew up in the Assemblies of God. And as a little boy, my dad was a pastor, as you know. And, and I grew up, and I was disillusioned by a couple of things growing up in the church. 
And you know what one of them was? That Christians that have been serving God for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they were more bitter and judgmental than they were being full of grace. And that disillusioned me. See, I think that as believers, that when we live a planted life, we grow in grace. And the scripture says, grow in grace. We should be less judgmental, less skeptical, and more full of mercy and grace. And there's somebody in your life today, I guarantee you. There's somebody on the job. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's somebody in your family that they need to see that you are a planted person, that you are living a life that's planted by streams of living water. And one of the ways they're going to see that is that you are full of grace. You know what it says about Jesus? The Bible says he grew. He was full of grace. And he was full of truth. People are dying for Christians that are planted and are full of grace. You know what's going to happen this week? You're going to blow somebody away this week. And you know how you're going to blow them away? You're going to blow them away by being full of mercy. And they're going to be so taken back, like, I can't believe that you forgive me. I can't believe that you are going to overlook my mistake. I can't believe that you're going to overlook this offense. How can you do it? Because I'm planted. I'm planted. And planted people forgive. Planted people go the second mile. Planted people don't become more critical and cynical the older they get. They grow in grace. Like my Grandpa George. Oh, I wish you had a chance to meet Grandpa George. He was a short man, about five foot six from Scotland. Witty, funny, well-read, and what I admired most about him, come to my office, I'll show you a picture of him. I'm like eight foot compared to, I mean, he's just, I'm just, he was full of grace. He would laugh, he would forgive, he would show mercy. Watch this, and the older he got, the sweeter he became. Hmm. I don't think that's the case for a lot of people. You get old, you get cynical, you've been around the block, you get ornery. I like John. John's cool. Pastor John's cool. I want to be like John when I get old. He drives a Harley, people. The dude drives through Pine Castle on a motorcycle. And boots. John's cool. You want, you want to know why John is, is cool? Because he's full of grace. Doesn't mean he's light on sin. Doesn't mean he permits everything. No, but planted people grow in grace. Oh, I got to go. Number seven, quickly. I, I love this one. When you live a planted life, not like this tree, but you live a, a life that is planted. You stand strong under pressure. Ephesians. Put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, it's coming. 
you will be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything, stand. Everyone say that word, stand. See, planted people stand. And after having done everything else, guess what they do? They stand. You measure a man, you measure a woman by how they respond to success and how they respond to difficulty. You give a man success, his character will be revealed. You give a person difficulty, their character is revealed. Planted people stand. That doesn't mean we got it all figured out. Doesn't mean we like it. Doesn't mean that we don't get tired and exhausted. But trees have been around 20 years. They've learned to stand. And that's what I want to declare over you today, church. Stand. You don't have to have all the answers. Just stand. You don't have to have it all figured out. Just stand. You don't have to sway with the opinions of the world. Just stand. And after having done all, stand. Planted people stand strong. Thank you. I got, I, I got one amen out of that. Our amen meter just popped up and went right back down again. You can measure a man's character by what it takes to knock him down. Stand. Stand strong. Stand in the faith of God. Stand full of faith. Trusting in Jesus. And after the storm comes by, let it be said of you today that you're standing. Now we're gonna we're gonna stop right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for people. <laughs> There's somebody here today that you you want to buckle right now. You want to just give in to the weight of the news that came and hit you this week. You're faced with sickness. You're faced with a family issue. You're faced with something on the job. And right now, you just want to buckle. You just want to fall. I want to speak to you today. And I want to declare in Jesus' name that you are not going to allow this thing to buckle you. You're going to stand, and you're going to stand strong. Because that's what planted people do. If you're here today, and you are faced with an overwhelming situation, financial problem, a relationship issue, a medical condition, a fear, whatever it is. I'm going to have you do something right now that's really crazy. And it's going to freak some of you, some of the Methodists out here just a second. Are you ready? If you're faced with an overwhelmed situation, an impossible situation, and God has become small and your problem has become big, I want you to, in faith today, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand. And I'm going to pray for you that you will weather the storm and God, God will be glorified as you stand under the pressure of what life has brought you today. I want you to stand right now. Thank you, ma'am. In the balcony.
on the lower floor, on the back row. Stand. 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 Thank you, sir. I was beginning to be concerned about this left side here. I'm glad you stood. At least one truthful person. Good. Anybody else in the balcony? Those of you watching online, stand right there. Dad, it'd be good for your kids to see you stand right now. It'd be good. Grandma, it'd be good for you to, for your grandkids to see you stand right now. Thank you. We've got a Boy Scout standing. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Stand. Planted people, stand. And you're not standing in your own strength. You're not standing in your own power. You're standing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if someone is around you, there's a couple. Don't let them stand by themselves. Will you just put your hand on their, on their, on their shoulder? And I know we're still COVID and we've got to be careful and all that. But just, just let someone know that you're with them and they're not standing alone. Thank you. I love it. Got three Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts standing together. I love that. That's cool. Let's pray for people today. Father, thank you that we can stand as trees that are planted for your glory. Lord, these folks have uh, faced difficulty. They faced tough times. They faced negative news. They faced, God, a problem that's been around for years and years and years. And they just want to buckle. They just want to quit. They just want to throw in the towel. God, I pray that you'll help them today to stand. Be strong today in the Lord. And in the power of his might, stand today. So, Lord, we speak to them today, and we pray that they will be filled with faith. They will be filled with wonder at how big you are. Make yourself big in their eyes, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you in faith for the victory that we have through Jesus Christ when we stand. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. I'm glad you stood today. I've got two minutes. And I'm going to take all two minutes. The last attribute of a planted person is that they live generously. A planted person produces fruit, and a planted person lives generously. Can I tell you something? There is somebody in your world right now that needs you to not be stingy, but to be generous. And I'm not saying just give money. This is not money. Give money. Give your time. Give your wisdom. Planted people live generously. Here's the scripture. It's there on your screen. Look it up. Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Planted people live generously. Let me close with this. Mel, can you put that, the tree in my backyard up just one more time, that, that, that beautiful tree? What I forgot to tell you about this tree and this story is that Ralph 
paid for those trees to be planted in our yard. $50 a tree. And Ralph said, I want to pay this for you, Pastor Scott. Another characteristic that all four of my kids remember to this day is that when they showed up to church, Ralph, the racist Indian that showed up to church with a gun that wanted to shoot somebody, his life was so radically changed and transformed that every Sunday, each one of my kids would walk up to Ralph and Ralph would pull out of his pocket a quarter. And he would give Austin a quarter, remember? He would give Aaron a quarter. He would give Amanda a quarter. And he would give Allison a quarter. And then I would walk up and he'd say, well, I, I, I'm done. <laughs> Don't have any more coins. I, I gave him the offering. Every Sunday, Ralph would give my kids a quarter. What a great way to be remembered. That a guy would plant three trees, get his truck, pick them up, plant it, and on top of that, give the pastor's kids a quarter every single Sunday. Planted people give. This just happened this morning. Pastor John, Giovanni, his grandson, is sick. Probably got a cold or something. He sent a video to me on John's phone. Said, "Hi, Pastor Scott. This is Giovanni. I just want to let you know that I'm sick. I won't be at church today. Isn't that great? You know what I did? I've been giving Giovanni things out of my office. If you've never been to my office, you got to come to my office. I got a, a eight-point deer that I shot. I got fish that I painted. I've got bass. I've got the whole room is almost filled with pictures of all my kids, all my family, everybody, fish and all that. It's, it's really great. I have a wonderful collection. So as he was showing me the video, I was like, I want to I bless Giovanni. A couple weeks ago, I gave him a, a deer uh, antler and I made a necklace out of it and he was blown away. So today, as he showed me that video, I, I felt like God wanted me to give him something from my office. And I reached up behind me and I, I'm, I'm giving Giovanni today, Pastor John has, a baseball that I got from Cuba in 2016. It's been on my desk for years and years and years. Went to Cuba, been many times. I just felt like, you know what? I wanted to give Giovanni a baseball from Cuba. Yeah, I said, John, tell him about Cuba and what Cuba means, but give him this baseball. And, and, and I love that. So it, I got to get rid of some stuff. So if you, want, <laughs> if you want something, just come see me. I'll give you a painting, I'll give you a picture, I'll give you the deer head. I just want to give, I want to give, and I want to live generously. I want to be, I want a set of me. Watch this. I want to be like Ralph. When I think of Ralph, I think of a tree that's planted, and I think of Ralph reaching his pocket every Sunday and giving four kids a quarter. Why? Because planted people live generously. Now may the Lord bless you. And keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and fill you with grace, compassion. May birth in you a spirit of generosity so that you can give to a world that is hurting. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.
God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.